The Healthy Charleston podcast is brought to you by Made to Move Physical Therapy. Made to Move Physical Therapy specializes in helping you get out of pain and get back to doing what you love. We offer relationship-oriented, one-on-one, individualized care to all of our clients, and we believe in putting the patient's needs first. If you'd like to work with me or any of our other physical therapists at Made to Move, check out the link in the show notes and get 10% off of your first session. We have locations throughout Charleston, Mount Pleasant, West Ashley, Somerville, and Daniel Island. Don't waste another day stuck in your pain. Follow the link and schedule an appointment today. Welcome to the Healthy Charleston Podcast, where we help you take ownership of your health and fitness. My name is Hannah, and I am here to be your source of accurate health and fitness information while spreading awareness about all of the different health and fitness resources available to you in the Charleston area. Be sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. I hope you enjoy the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Hannah Briel, and I want to talk about sleep today. Sleep is something that we talk about with all of our clients because it's really just so important in the overall picture of health. It's often missing, and it can play a huge role when it comes to pain and fatigue and injuries. And I don't want to lecture you and just tell you you need to sleep more. You probably already know that. What I want to do is help you understand why it's important, help you make the decision if it's important, how to actually make a change. And I want to give you some ideas on how to actually get more sleep, whether you need to make it more of a priority or if it already is, and you're just trying to improve the quality of sleep that you already get. I know that we aren't often educated about the things that matter in terms of health. And there's so much information out there that it can get confusing But how often are you told you need to do this? You need to do that. But you're never told why and you're never told how. If it was as easy as us telling people what they need to do, healthcare wouldn't be where it is today. We would all be way healthier because it takes a lot more than education and awareness to truly understand and change behavior. What it takes is actually helping people map out their goals, what they want, why do they want it? Why is that important to them? And then helping them map out sustainable processes and steps that will actually help them meet their goals. And this process needs to be individualized because it's going to look different for everyone. And so we're going to try to do some of that today with y'all. And so I know that resting more is hard. I know that you may be in school. You may have kids. You may have dogs. You may have a demanding job. You may like to wake up early. You may know that you need to sleep more, but you still can't because getting more sleep is hard. And we live in a society that pushes productivity and pushes doing more and resting less and waking up just a little earlier so you can get one more thing done. And we're told to be the person that wakes up at 5 a.m. and you can have this amazing morning routine and that may work for you. But I'll tell you, I tried it. It didn't work for me. In reality, This push for more, more, more all the time and this neglect for sleep and rest is actually hurting us. It's hurting your workouts. It's hurting your weight loss journey. It's hurting your relationships and it's hurting your health because it's hurting your ability to recover from and to handle and tolerate stress. And we'll talk a little bit more about stress. Did a previous podcast on this, 
Right now you may be thinking, okay, Hannah, I sleep for seven hours. I'm fine. I'm okay. What's another hour really going to do for me? And so it's going to take a big shift to just start prioritizing rest more, whatever that looks like for you and giving that to yourself and understanding that you want to get off the hamster wheel now before you fall off of it later. And so what I'm not saying is it's okay to rest. What I'm saying is it's required to rest. And that's something that will take a while to fully accept. Rest is a part of being alive. And if you want to grow and you want to improve, then rest is mandatory. And let me be clear, I'm not perfect. I don't always get the quality and quantity that I need. There's plenty of times that I stay up late, wake up early to do more things, get more things done, but it's been a complete mindset shift to actually allow myself to rest. And I bet for some people listening, you need that too. You need permission, but it's not from me. It's from yourself. It's about quieting that voice in your head and having a different relationship with that voice in your head. The voice that tells you to stay up later, just get one more thing done, get up. You should be doing something. You shouldn't have to rest. You can just do one more thing. You should be more productive. Think about all the things you could be doing right now, but listening to that voice and letting it control you, it's probably not getting you closer to the life you want to live or the way that you want to feel. So first we're going to talk a little bit about the science of sleep. I'm not going to try to bore you, but just to talk about why it's important. And the second thing is we're going to talk about some ways that you can take one small step this week towards better sleep and towards more rest in your life. And so before we start, take a moment, whether you're in the car, you're exercising, going for a walk and think about this. What would my life look like? If I felt more rested, more recovered, and had more energy, what would that feel like? What are some potential benefits to prioritizing sleep just a little more? And what are some ideas or ways that I can start plugging in more intentional rest time? Great. So. Here's some positive things that more sleep can do for you. Overall, sleep is meant to maintain homeostasis and optimize function across multiple systems. Pretty broad, right? So it helps us live longer. It improves our ability to learn, memorize, and make logical decisions, regulates appetite and metabolism, helps us process memories and trauma, helps us regulate emotions, improves our immune system's ability to fight off infections, regulates hormones, and lowers our risk of heart disease, heart attacks by improving inflammatory markers associated with heart disease, heart attacks, atrial fib, congestive heart, congestive heart failure. A study actually interesting published in August, 2022 showed a strong relationship between sleep quality improvement after people had surgery who had obstructive apnea and a decrease in inflammatory markers. And so these people had obstructive apnea that was like literally keeping them from sleeping after they had surgery, their sleep quality went up. Also their inflammatory markers went down and also a lower risk of cancer across the board. 
So it actually plays a big role too when it comes to pain and injury. And a lot of studies have shown that people who sleep seven or less hours per night have an increased risk of injury. And those who sleep more than eight have a decreased injury risk of 61%. So what's interesting is that a chronic lack of sleep is associated with a greater risk of injuries in sports and musculoskeletal because sleep is what helps us recover from fatigue and actually get the benefit of our training or workouts. Let's say you're studying for a test and at the end of the day, I took your memory away. That would be pretty pointless, right? Well, that's us not on sleep. That's us if we're you know, just doing more and we're trying to work out, we're exercising, but we're not recovering. You can only adapt to what you recover from. In terms of pain, studies indicate that sleep disturbance increases the risk for new onset cases of chronic pain in people that are pain-free. Sleep disturbance or lack of sleep can worsen the long-term prognosis of people that have headaches and chronic musculoskeletal pain, and sleep can influence daily fluctuations in pain. And so we know that sleep can affect pain intensity and also pain sensitivity. And so it's a part of our, our pain dial and lack of sleep can turn that pain dial up. Think about like a volume dial. And so good sleep appears to improve the long-term prognosis and outcomes of people with headaches, migraines, and chronic pain. And so really it all comes down to this concept of stress plus recovery equals adaptation, which really just shows that our bodies adapt to the stressors we place on them if we are recovering from them. As long as we're dosing them correctly, recovering from them appropriately, we adapt to the stressors we place on ourselves. Most people these days have a lot of stress in their lives between physical, mental, emotional, life stress, the cup is overflowing. And when you think about stress, people often think, oh, you know, I'm stressed, work is crazy, family is crazy, mental, emotional stress. Yes, that is definitely a type of stress. But exercise and working out is also a type of stress and it's intentional physical stress. And we usually view those things as good, but they have to be dosed in a way that they're, they're just a little challenging, just challenging enough so that we actually can adapt to them if we're recovering from them and then we can be more prepared for them. And so it's just, just to show you ways that you know, people often view physical stress versus mental stress. All stress is just something that disrupts our homeostasis, something that brings us off of baseline. It's just a stimulus that puts our body to do all these processes to signal change. And then ultimately we are designed to adapt to stress so that we come, we become a little bit more prepared for it. So what's happening is a lot of the time when people are coming to us dealing with pain or injury, it's because their bodies aren't fully prepared or they haven't fully adapted to the stressors they're placing on themselves. And so a big part of that equation, stress plus recovery equals adaptation, is recovery. And by improving someone's ability to recover, you're increasing their ability to tolerate stress. And so when it comes to recovery, sleep is our body's number one way to recover. I don't care if you're doing this new technique and cryo and foam rolling and whatever else is out there right now. If you're not sleeping, then you're missing 99% of recovery. 
And so a low hanging fruit for a lot of people is the quality and the quantity of their sleep. And a little increase can go a long way. And because there's so many factors typically involved in health overall and also pain and injury, a lot of them we can't control. And a lot of them we don't even know about. But then on the other side, a lot of them we can control. And sleep is often something that we can control and we can start to make positive changes. And so we want to be able to help people manage and cope with those stressors better. So we need to be able, we need to focus on recovery. So here's what I'm saying. Sleep is a low hanging fruit. If you're dealing with pain, injury, or a health problem, I'm not saying that it's a sleep problem. I'm not saying, oh, you're dealing with this simply because you just need to sleep more. Oh, your elbow hurts because you need to sleep more. Your knee hurts when you squat because you need to sleep more. No, that's not what I'm saying. There's a lot of factors involved. You should look at your sleep to see if there is a potential for room for improvement because it is a factor that plays a big role and we can control it and make a lot of improvements by just sleeping more. So now you're hooked, right? So now how do we actually get more sleep? I wish I could tell you, just go to bed an hour earlier than you normally do, or just wake up later than you normally do. And for some of you, you may be able to do that. And that's great. But what I do know is that most people are struggling to either make it a priority or it is the priority and they're struggling to actually sleep. And so first think about what is potentially keeping you from sleeping more. What's stopping you from getting more sleep in terms of making it more of a priority that has to be up to you. You have to decide if it's important to you and why it's important to you. And that why is really important in any decision and any change, especially related to your health that you make or that you want to make. It can't just be because some girl on a podcast told you that you need to sleep more, but really, you know, get to the deeper why, because it improves your health. Okay. Well, why is that important to you? Because superficial whys of, you know, I was told that I need to do this, or I, you know, I, I was told to try it, or I saw it on Instagram. Those don't work when life gets hard because there has to be a real motivation for change here. And the pain of change has to be less than the pain of staying the same. And so you need to decide one, is this change in any aspect, in any decision, is this important to me? And why is it important to me? And go deep with that why. And then from there, now we need to come up with a goal. We need to see where you are, where you want to be, and come up with process goals to actually help us get there. Because what I see is people are like, okay, I want to sleep more. Okay, I'm currently sleeping seven. I want to sleep nine. I'm going to try to sleep nine. There's probably a reason that you're not already sleeping nine. Like if it was just as easy as you telling yourself, okay, I'm going to sleep nine, then you probably already would be doing it. You're sleeping seven for a reason. We're, we're doing things in our life for a reason, right? They're serving us somehow. And so trying to make that big of a jump, trying to jump from the bottom of the staircase to this, to the top of the staircase, it can be really frustrating. It can be really overwhelming and it's not sustainable And so what I recommend is that we need to break that big outcome goal into a smaller outcome goal 
and then break that down even further into process goals because process goals are what actually help us achieve the outcome goal. So for example, let's say I'm sleeping seven hours a night. My big outcome goal is to sleep for nine. So now I know what I'm currently doing and now I know what I want to do. And I also, again, need to figure out why this is important to me. And so my first outcome goal might be to increase to seven hours and 30 minutes. Okay. So now what are all the ways that I can do that? Well, I can get in bed earlier, break that down. What are all the ways that I can do that? I can put my pajamas on earlier. I can start getting ready for bed earlier. I can put my phone away at a certain time. I can turn off the TV. What helps is if you already have a habit that starts the chain of you going to sleep, like we all probably have uh, like evening routines. Hopefully everyone out there is brushing your teeth. If you're reading your bed, you know, reading before bed or brushing your teeth or letting your dogs out, start that habit earlier because now you're not trying to create a new habit. You're just trying to push it to earlier. And so what we want to find here is a process, not just a goal, not just I want this. It's okay. This is how I'm going to get this. A process that you feel like you're at least eight out of 10 confident that you can do this consistently because the whole point of this isn't to just get nine hours of sleep one week and then go back to seven. It's about making long-term sustainable change, which is done with small steps, creating new habits and creating process goals that actually help you meet your outcome goals. So focus on the step you're taking, not the top of the staircase. How can we add 30 minutes of sleep this month? And then if that goes well next month, how can we add 30 more minutes? Set a goal that actually helps you achieve it long-term. So if you've decided this is a priority for you, here's some potential ways to make this happen and to add more sleep to your day. I've already mentioned, you know, start your bedtime routine earlier. Even further than that, eat dinner earlier. Start your whole evening routine earlier. Turn off the TV 20 minutes earlier than you normally do. Put your phone away by a certain time. You could also set it now to, you know, give you like screen time barriers and do not like turn on do not disturb at a certain time. Put your pajamas on earlier or whatever you like to sleep in. Start reading a book by a certain time. Set a reminder on your phone to get in bed. I literally have a calendar invite or event every night that tells me to go to bed between 9 and 9.30. And so every night I get a reminder, go to bed. Make a commitment to your family or to your roommates, significant other, dogs, friends, whatever. Instagram, make your goal public and you're way more likely to follow through with it because you don't want to let people down. So switching gears a little bit, now you want to increase the amount of time you're sleeping or the quality of your sleep. Let's say now sleep is already priority for you, but it's something that you struggle with. Um, and I totally understand this is kind of where I'm at too. I have friends who get like nine to 10 hours of sleep every night, or they get like two hours of REM and two hours of deep sleep. And I'm like two hours of deep and REM combined. Um, and so I, I totally understand the struggle. And some of you may already know these things, but some ways that can help, obviously, avoid screens about one hour before bed, avoid caffeine eight hours before bed. And so the caffeine half-life is about four to six hours 
which means four to six hours after that iced coffee, it's still in your system and you may not feel the effects, but there are effects and it can be keeping you from getting the quality sleep you're looking for. Set a cold room. This is your excuse now to tell your significant other or your roommate or whatever to turn down the thermostat. I don't know if anyone else feels the same way, but I'm definitely sleeping better now that it's cold outside and my house is a ripe 67 degrees. You just got to get blankets, but it's so nice. Keep your bedtime and your alarm wake up time consistent day to day. Keep your room dark. And then what really works for me, do something before bed that provides a barrier between sleep and work or whatever's on your mind. For example, if I go to bed without reading or like watching an episode of Ted Lasso or meditating, I'll go to bed thinking about work. And so I have to do something that provides a buffer and it provides a way for me to like switch my brain and relax and preferably to think about something that doesn't really matter. I mean, Ted Lasso obviously matters a lot, but overall doesn't really matter or really doesn't stress me out. Because what I struggle with the most is finding a way to slow down my brain and relax and clear my mind. And that's what usually is keeping me up at night. It either prevents me from going to sleep or I just wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh, work. And so personal experience where meditation has helped me, if I'm laying in bed trying to sleep and I find myself thinking about something that I know I'm either going to ruminate on or it's a problem I want to solve later or it's something that's worrying me. Or if it's just something that, you know, needs attention, but I don't want to think about it right now. I don't want to put the effort into it. And I know it'll just keep me awake. The first thing is, is I just notice that. Okay. I am thinking about something that I don't want to think about. I am thinking about work and I actively notice it. And I actively try to think about something else. I notice it and I'm like, this is great. I don't want to think about this right now. Let's go on to the next thought. And this is weird. But I literally think about putting walls up in my brain and I visualize a barrier. For me, it looks like the Colosseum or just like a big wall. And I think about all those thoughts are on that side of the wall, the outside of the wall, and they can't get in. And that may be weird or too much information, but I redirect my attention to think about something else. And so maybe it's counting your breaths. Maybe it's thinking about what you're grateful for thinking about something else that isn't as stressful. And so right before bed, this has also helped me in the little notebook, write down all the things on your mind. This can be things that you don't want to forget, things that you need to do tomorrow, anything you're thinking about, just to get it out of your head and get it on paper. And now it's there for the morning and you don't need to worry about it in your sleep because I know I'm not alone. I have literally woken up in the middle of the night before and been like, oh my God, I forgot to email that guy back. And I don't want to forget it. And then all night you're just tossing and turning. You're like, oh, I don't want to forget it. I don't want to forget it. Well, just write it down. And then you know you won't forget it. And then you can rest easy. Some other ways, enough about me, some other ways that can help. Take a walk in the morning sunlight or just take a walk at all, honestly. Daily sunlight exposure has been shown to help with sleep quality and quantity. Exercise throughout the day. I would try not to exercise right before bed. But again, this is going to depend on you. Wear blue light blocking glasses, avoiding screens if you can, but if you can't, it's okay. Turn your phone on night mode, turn your computer on night mode. It'll change the color of the screen. It'll also turn down the brightness. And then this is hard, 
but take the TV out of your room. I know it's so nice to lay in bed and watch TV, but it definitely keeps you awake longer. Anytime I you know, watch a show in bed, like on my computer or something, I stay up probably an hour or two longer than I would if I were to just read. And so with all of that, a lot of ideas, a lot of potential. I hope this was helpful. The most important thing when it comes to making any behavior or health change is deciding if and why it's important to you and setting sustainable process goals that actually help you meet your big outcome goal. Give yourself some grace with this. And with the holidays coming up, remember that rest is actually mandatory and it's required to be a functioning human being because you're not a human doing. And I want you to think about one small step you can take this week that gets you closer to prioritizing rest and to feeling more relaxed and recovered because just think about what that can do for your life. If you feel more energized, if you feel more present in your relationships, if you can do more things that you want to do, the things that you care about. And so it's really all about figuring out how you want to show up, what you want your life to be about, and then creating your life around that. And I know that's way easier said than done. And that's why I just want you to start thinking about this. And I just want one small step that you can take towards the life that you want to live. Thank you so much for listening. All the article links are in the show notes below. If you're a nerd like me and you want to read them, otherwise, please subscribe to the show. New episodes are out every Monday. Follow us on Instagram at Healthy Charleston and have an awesome week.